0: will love that! Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Parma Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call one 858 858 Welcome, everyone, to episode 141 of Fergarn the Freak. I'm your host, the glorious league freak, and what a first round of the finals we've just had. If you're looking for my review of the Parramatta versus... Penrith Panthers match that is the previous episode 140 uh, 440 sorry Uh, this is going to be the review of the three matches after that game and it all started on Saturday afternoon when the Melbourne Storm hosted the Canberra Raiders now I thought that the Canberra Raiders were going to get smacked in this game the Canberra Raiders went down to Melbourne and won I believe it's their fifth straight game in Melbourne against the Storm No other team is even close to that sort of record against the Storm down there in Melbourne. And it was... I'm going to say all of these games are interesting because I literally found them all interesting, so you better get used to that. This game was really interesting because the Storm just didn't look like themselves in this match at all at any point. The Canberra Raiders really bustled them up the middle of the field. It reminded me a little bit of the way... That The uh, New Zealand Warriors, when they were a bit better, used to worry the Melbourne Storm, just with their physical style of play in the middle of the field. The Storm really struggled to handle that a little bit. Uh, Joseph Tarpenny and uh, Josh Papali were absolutely outstanding in this match. And it was just a real physical battle. And, you know... You can't take anything away from the Raiders. It's not like they backed into this win. It's not like they had decisions go their way or anything like that. They just flat out beat the Storm down there in Melbourne. Um, there was a point late in the second half where they took a shot of Craig Bellamy and he wasn't blowing up. He just seemed resigned to his fate. And you might have remembered a few weeks ago he had a similar situation where might have been against Parramatta or someone like that When me and Andrew talked about it and I said, you know, he he sort of looked resigned in that game as well. Um, When Craig Bellamy feels as though the game is on, he's going off his head. When he feels the game is gone, he settles right down. And he settled down in that second half. And when I saw that, I was like, he thinks they're gone. Turned out they they were gone. Um, It was surprising to see them give up that many points to the Raiders. The Raiders aren't exactly a uh, point scoring machine uh, their form has been okay you know I know a lot of people saying that they'd won a lot of games in the last you know a couple of months of the the season but they had played a lot of pretty easy teams coming into the finals and the fact of the matter is that if the Broncos and the Manly Seagulls hadn't completely died in the last couple of months of the season the Canberra Raiders wouldn't have been there now we find a situation where the Raiders are in to the next round of the finals, so great win by the Raiders um, huge turnaround from the start of the year from them you 've got to credit the club for making some changes that it really had to make. There were a few changes that were forced because of injuries, but it seems as though all of those changes have been positive for the Raiders so that's you know that 's a good thing like i I commented during the match that their hooker rotation with starling and Wolford was much better than it was earlier in the year with Hodgson. Um, they just look like a better outfit, you know, with this sort of hooker rotation. So great win by the Raiders. For the Storm to be out this early, I think I heard somebody in the commentary saying that it was the first time they'd been out this early since I think 2015 or 2014. So we and used to having to see the better teams beat the Storm late in the final seat, uh, series if they can beat them at all. So to see them out so early, it's a little bit of a shock. And, you know, I look at some of the losses that they're going to have on the player front. They lose Smith. He goes to the um, Sydney Roosters next year. They lose the Bromwich brothers. They go up to Redcliffe next year. So it's going to be a little bit of a changing of the guard. They're going to lose a little bit of experience and a bit of punch up the middle of the field. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the storm manage that who they've got waiting in the wings and you know the storm like, they've always got you know just when you think that they they're going to struggle without certain players that are leaving or retiring or something they unearth a couple of you know test stars so they will be fine but it is a, a different situation for them at the moment um they've also got the issue with cameron munster coming up and he's going to want a lot of money will they give him that money do they think he's worth that investment only the Storm know that. I think he will stay at the Melbourne Storm. I think that they'll cough up the money to keep him. Um, he seems like one of those players that it would just be silly to lose for the Storm. As for the Raiders, they go on next week to take on the Parramatta Eels at Parramatta Football Stadium. And like we'll talk about that game during the week, but damn, the way they played against the Storm, if they can repeat that, the eels are going to find it very difficult to beat them so the game following this one was an absolute cracker it was at shark park a sold out shark park it wasn't a big crowd because they've got a very small capacity there and the sharks were in control of this game until late it was very very close battle it looked like the sharks had the edge for most of the game and they were up i think they were up by eight points with about eight minutes to go and the The North Queensland Cowboys come storming back. A try by Jason Tomalolo right next to the sticks in the last, I think it was 20 seconds, set up the game-tying goal, which Valentine Holmes kicked. We went into extra time. They played out extra time. And then we went into Golden Point after that. And Valentine Holmes kicked a massive 40-plus-meter field goal to send the North Queensland Cowboys into the second-last week of the finals. And it now sees the uh, Cronulla Sharks having to play next weekend after a very, very long game, a 90-plus minute game. They've got to play next weekend at Allianz Stadium. Um, the thing that I, that I noted about this game is these two teams basically based their surge this year on being good defensive sides. Now, the their scoreline for this game was thirty two points to thirty, which was a little bit surprising. There were times when both of these teams opened right up. There were times where there were really bad defensive breakdowns um, and I, I would never have thought that they would have either of them have allowed that many points in in this game. It was a good battle though it was a good back and forth battle and you know to see the North Queensland Cowboys hang in there for so long and it really pay off at the end. It was, uh, I think that that will be something they'll grow from. Um, We said that they, well, I said that, you know, going into this game, I thought that their back rowers would be a bit of a difference maker in this game. And they were. I thought Luciano Leilu was outstanding in this game. Um, I can't believe that they got him one year early, basically, from the West Tigers. What an absolute gift to the North Queensland Cowboys. He was absolutely outstanding. Gives them just so much more firepower out wide. And I thought Drinkwater was good in this game, actually. You know what what a big critic I am of Drinkwater, but I thought he was really good in this game. Didn't make any mistakes um, and really troubled the Sharks, you know. Kept them right on their feet. The parts where... I thought he was most dangerous when he was in the middle of the field and he was just attacking directly. He was looking for um, tired forwards and things like that. And that's something we don't normally see from him. We normally see him playing a little bit further out wide. And I think maybe he tries a little bit too much at, at times when he's playing out wide like that. When he was around the middle of the field just looking for tired forwards and just trying to find those gaps, he was causing the Sharks forwards all sorts of problems. Um, the sharks. What will they get out of this loss? Look, how you come back from a a very long game like that, and you know that everything is set up for you to have an easy ride, and it all falls apart at the last few minutes, and then, you know, extra point, and then golden time, and then you lose at home, and all of a sudden you've got to do it the hard way in the finals. It's a big blow, and it's going to be a a real coaching task for Fitzgibbon to get his troops back up again. My guess is he will give them a couple of days off, let them recuperate a little bit, and then get them refocused a little bit later on in the week than he normally would, um, to just get them feeling a little bit refreshed from that contest. But, you know, you can't take anything away from both sides. They both played really well. It was a very, very good match. Very exciting one with a field goal and look, how can the finals get any better than that? Oh wait, it did. It definitely did. So, Sunday afternoon football. Allianz Stadium. The Roosters hosting a home game, apparently, against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They played last week. I said, you got to watch that team that loses that game. And then they back up the next week. And we basically saw a war. We saw seven players sent to the sin bin. We saw, I think it was of the five or six tries that were in the match, no, of the six or seven tries that were in the match, five of them were scored by the team that had less players on the field than the opposition. We saw James Tedesco leave the field very early on. Uh, Angus Crichton, and he got a head knock, by the way. Angus Crichton ended up leaving the field. At one point, the Sydney Roosters had no players on the bench. Uh, The Rabbitohs were not that far behind them, to be honest. They were losing players. They had a bunch of them in the sin bin, obviously. But at the end of the day, the Rabbitohs' ability to attack, and I think the thing that came across for me in this game is that for all the talk this week that the Roosters are in Latrell Mitchell's head. It is absolutely clear it is the opposite. It was absolutely clear in this game that the Roosters were just getting fucked, basically, by the Rabbitohs. And you saw that by how many times something would happen in a game the Roosters would all run up and grab a Rabbitohs player. Uh, you saw that by the way that Latron Mitchell would get the ball. He'd get tackled by about five different uh, Roosters players who would all start talking shit to him. They just owned the Roosters, you know, mentally owned the Roosters. And between that and what we've seen physically on the football field, I feel like that was the difference in the game. Uh, the other thing I think was that the the Roosters halves in Walker and Keary. Were very quiet in this match. Uh, the Roosters didn't get much out of Hooker. And, you know, that that's all it takes. It doesn't take much in a finals game. But I don't think I've ever seen a game with that many send-offs. Or ten binnings, I should say. I think that only one of them wasn't really a worthwhile call. Did Ashley Klein lose control of the match? I don't know what more he could have done outside of maybe sending players off earlier. Instead of starting a, instead of keeping on sin-binning players, just send someone off and say, look, I'm not putting up with this anymore, you're gone. But if he had done that, I think the game would have been ruined. And I can see where somebody would say, well, the game was ruined anyway. But I think with all of the send-offs, or all of the sin-binnings that we saw in this game, I don't feel as though they ruined the game in a weird way. It kind of added to it. Having said that, I'm sure if you ask Rabbitohs fans, and especially Roosters fans, they would disagree with me on that. They would probably say, man, this game was ruined by the referee. Um, I still stand by how I feel about Latrell Mitchell being one of the few players in the NRL that if he decides to win a game, there's basically nothing any side can do. I think against most of the teams in the league or the ones that are left behind now because we're down to six, I think maybe only the Panthers would have the ability to do something, maybe slow him down at most. But if he has one of those games where he just decides to dominate and win the game, he can win a game all on his own no matter how his team is playing. And that's scary. And that's why probably the Rabbitohs are the scariest team left in the finals from my perspective as a Panthers fan. Um, now, that they go on to face the Sharks next week at Allianz Stadium. So that's going to feel like a home game for the Rabbitohs as they're three games in a row at this new stadium. Um, and I, I've i got to say, I depending on suspensions, because the Rabbitohs could lose some players with suspensions, we'll have to wait and see. But as they line up right at this very second, not knowing who's suspended, I tend to lean towards the Rabbitohs beating the Sharks. I think they'll have too much attacking firepower. So that's going to be a really cool contest, that one next week. Now, the winner of that game will go on to face the Penrith Panthers. And the winner of the other game, which will be between the Parramatta Eels and the Canberra Raiders at Parramatta Football Stadium, will go on to face the North Queensland Cowboys up there in North Queensland. So it's just lining up as a really fascinating final series and it's a little bit styles make fights. But this weekend, I, I think we saw what a huge advantage it is to be a team that not only gets the second chance because you're a top four side, but if you can get that that second week off in the finals and just go straight to the... I think they're called the preliminary finals, the game before the grand final. Man, you're, you're, you've are you're, you got not much left to do to be premiers. And the teams that lose those games, they have it all to do. So I just can't wait already for the following week's round of games. Um, two games next week that are going to be absolutely stellar contests. Uh, it's just going to be amazing. It's really going to be amazing. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about was talking going into a finals. When you hear teams that talk about how confident they are going into a finals match, or they talk shit about their opposition, or they... Like, I I thought that the Roosters and their celebration of what they did to South Sydney last weekend in that final regular season game, straight away, I, I just didn't like it. Now, I understand that people will be saying, well, you've got to let them celebrate. You've got to let them have fun and all that sort of stuff. I totally get that. I really, really get that. But there's just this law in rugby league that you do not give your opposition anything to look at and to get pissed off at and to put up on the wall in the dressing room. And I thought that that rooster's I'm not. I don't even know what to call it. Just celebration of what they did in the last round at their the new stadium. They were saying it's their stadium, that it's not the Rabbitohs stadium, that the Rabbitohs shouldn't even play there, all that sort of stuff. Then the Rabbitohs shut that shit up when it mattered. The other things I saw were um, going into the Parramatta versus Penrith match, we saw. Uh, Dylan Brown talking about how confident he was to play the Panthers and they were the team that he wanted to face. We saw a little bit of talk about uh, RCG and and how he felt about the supposed slight by Panthers players in the Origin arena where he feels as though the reason he wasn't selected in Origin for Games 2 and 3 was because Panthers players didn't like him or something. I mean, it just is convoluted bullshit if you ask me. You, at some point, you just got to shut up. You've just got to let your football do the talking. And especially when you haven't been there and got the trophy. Like, if you've got the trophy and you start talking shit, it's a little bit different. But unless you back it up, it doesn't mean anything, even then. And, you know, to see, especially the paramedic Eels, it's just a little bit too much carry on going into that first finals game against a team that beat everyone that they needed to beat last year, had been in the previous year's grand final. So they, they were in the grand final in 2020. They beat everyone won the grand final in 2021. And they'd even beaten the um, Parramatta Eels during that run very early in the finals, beat the Storm, beat everyone, beat all of the good teams last year. Uh, You've got to be quiet you got to let the footy do the talking. And I think we saw a couple of teams this week that let their footy do the talking. And, man, didn't it speak loudly? It spoke really, really loudly. I think the teams that are left, the two losing teams from this week, the Parramatta Eels, I feel as though that loss to the Panthers is going to be one that is... It's going to be as much a mental loss as it was a physical one. We will see if Mitch Moses can back up. I will be shocked if he does. I would be absolutely shocked if he does. He was knocked out as as knocked out as you can be. Uh, it was a scary knockout that he took. And I just you know the the medical staff there at the Eels will look after him, but I just really worry that if they run him out this. Next game. And look, he will want to play. He will be pissed off if they don't let him play. That's what these footballers are made of. But I'd just be shocked if he did. But that mental loss that they took to the to the Panthers. Um, can the Eels overcome that? Against a Canberra team that's going to be confident. And then for the Sharks, I mean... You know, they've just watched the Rabbitohs go to war against the Roosters. We don't know how many of the Rabbitohs will still be around in this second match that they play in the finals. But having been so close at home to going right through the second last week of the finals and it all falls apart, that has got to be so disappointing. And to lift themselves up from that disappointment, and to then take on this Rabbidos team that just had a war. It's going to be really difficult. It's going to be really, really difficult. I cannot wait to see it though. That's why I love rugby league. It's like I tweeted about this. It's, you know, it's not just a sport. You know, you're watching a human drama at play. You're watching how people react under pressure. How they react to pain. How they react to disappointment. How do they react to getting knocked down? Do they get back up again? How do they get back up again? You know, do they rise to their feet and just shake it off? Or do they just, they're not the same again? It's really, really interesting. And if you watch this round of footy and you don't like rugby league, you will never like rugby league. Let me tell you that. Now, the last point I have on the first round of the final series And I think it's a pretty interesting point. As I said, I'm going to find all of this stuff interesting. The Eels gave up 27 points. The Raiders gave up 20. The Sharks gave up 32. The Cowboys gave up 32. The Rabbitohs gave up 14. The Penrith Panthers only gave up 8. And if you look at the defense of all of the teams left in the final series... I think it is extremely clear that the Panthers are so far above everyone else defensively. That as the week, as the weekend played out, I just kept on thinking, man, for all of the great things that they, all of these other teams are doing, how are any of them going to break down that Panthers defense? Now, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's not impossible either. It can be done. But that was just one of the big points of difference between all of these teams this this uh, first round of the final series. The impossible Panthers defense. Hashtag impossible defense. It is going to be really, really hard to crack that nut for all of these teams in the final series. And that might end up being just the big difference between everyone. The Panthers attack is not Fantastic. They beat you by wearing you down with their defense. They beat you by frustrating them with their their defense. They beat you with their kicking game. They beat you by making you play out of your own half of the field again and again and again, and then the completion rate is good. And then, you know, you kick the ball as far as you can, and they're already starting on their own 40-meter line. That's how they get points on the board, because their defense is so damn good. And of all of the other performers I saw this weekend, none of them come close to the Panthers' defense, especially when it matters. Because you can rack up all the points you want in the regular season. You can have the best defense in the regular season. None of it matters unless you do it in the final series. The Panthers proved they can do it in the final series. And can anyone match that? Can anyone break that? That's why we play the games. I am so looking forward to this next round of matches. Uh, To see the Panthers and North Queensland Cowboys just one win away from the grand final. If they played each other in the grand final, it would be absolutely amazing. The other thing to keep in mind, the North Queensland Cowboys will be riding a big wave of emotion because of Paul Green. So just keep that in the back of your head. Because... They pulled out something extra this weekend. They're a very good football team as it is. And sometimes things like that can push you over the line. So I can't wait. I can't wait. This is so exciting. How good is finals football? It is the best. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, As always, check out leaguefreak.com. You can always see all of the episodes posted there, as well as other things that I post on my website. Check out Rugby League Project. Andrew will be on on the next episode. And check out my Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash league freak. No space between league and freak. If you enjoy the podcast, flick a dollar my way. There's a bunch of different tiers. As I say, there's more tiers than West Tigers fans have. Um, You can have all different tiers. Some of them where you stay as a member for three months and you get, like, you can get a mug. think you can get a sticker i think you can get a t-shirt as well depending on what tier you go on so thank you for listening to the podcast and next episode will probably come to you on i would say wednesday or tuesday we'll have to wait and see but if anything happens during the week um, if we see plays suspended and things like that i'll probably do a breaking news episode for you all right so thank you for listening and you will hear from us very soon. Bet with the big, don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For Gamblers Help, call 1800 858 858.